This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of 1 John. articulate the difference that we feel between the love that we have for the family cat on the one hand and the love that we have for grandma. It's different, but how do, how do we explain the difference? It's a problem of language, quite possibly. We don't really have the vocabulary we need in order to adequately express the difference between the love that we have for the family pet and the love that we have for the family. When a person is truly born again, he or she will exhibit several evidences from this change. In today's message from 1 John, Pastor Robert teaches us that one of the most important and primary heart changes is the ability to love as Christ loves. This love is not just a mushy, gushy feeling, but it is an act of will that motivates the believer's actions at his or her core. Now here's Pastor Robert with part one of today's message in 1 John chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. One of my favorite quotes of all time is by Keith Green in a concert. It didn't originate with him. I understand it originated with an evangelist named Billy Sunday. But he said, going to church won't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's will make you a hamburger. It's true. So what does make you a Christian? What makes one a Christian is having the spirit of Christ inside you. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 tells us, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. It's pretty straightforward. No way to misunderstand it. Paul made it real black and white, real cut and dried. If you don't have his spirit inside you, making you alive, then you're not part of his family. You have not been birthed into the family of God. There's a misconception that all human beings are children of God. That's not biblical. All human beings are the creation of God, but not all human beings are children of God. Actually, John tells us in another place that as many as believed on him, put their trust in him as the idea, as many as put their faith in him, he gave the right to become children of God. When a person turns to God, comes into agreement with him about life, you know, when they acknowledge that God's plans, God's ways are perfect and that ours are not, which is what we call repentance, by the way, coming into agreement, you know, with him that, okay, what I've been doing is really imperfect and messed up and your plan, your will, it's it's perfect. Coming into agreement with him like that is is repentance. And when that happens in a person's life, the Bible says he moves in. 
It's not just a belief system. It's not, less, it's not like, you know, I, I remember being taught repentance was a change of mind, but it's more than that in reality. Because what happens is that the, the God who created you puts his own life, his own spirit inside you when you turn to him and, and ask him to be the God of your life. If you've never taken that step of faith, then we're going to give you the opportunity to do it when we end this service today. But the focus of our study today, the focus of this passage is how can I know for sure that I have his spirit inside me? 1 John 3.10 says, in this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. So in other words, this is how you tell the difference between the two. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Now, we're going we're gonna to dig into this and unpack it. La last week, we, we unpacked what verse 10 refers back to and, and reiterates, that first indicator of faith, the practice of righteousness. And we discussed last week, you, you know, you don't become perfectly holy at the moment of your salvation, but at the moment of your salvation, a process of transformation begins, which quickly becomes visible in your life. The practice of sin begins to give way to the practice of righteousness. There's a change in a person's life, a visible change in a person's life when the Holy Spirit moves in, when a person becomes a Christian, when the spirit of the sinless one, as we talked about last week, takes up residence inside you, he makes his presence known. He does so almost immediately. You, you find yourself suddenly uncomfortable doing the things and saying the things which before that happened wouldn't have bothered you at all. The right behavior that begins to take place, that practice of righteousness is not what makes one righteous. It's what demonstrates that one has been made righteous. You begin to see it in the person's life. But it's not those acts of righteousness which make us, you know, give us right standing with God. It's the fact that he has, he has put his spirit inside us. He's, he's effected a change within us. He's begun that process. We're being recreated from the inside out. And, and so you can, you can see that. There's the new nature begins to manifest. And the practice of righteousness begins to displace the practice of unrighteousness, the practice of sin. Now, today we're going to focus on a second indicator that we just read about. The Bible says it's always the fruit of God's presence within us, love. But before we can even really get into it and talk about it, we have to define it because, well, we need to know what the Bible means by that term. 
In our modern world, the concept of love is generally, it refers to an emotional affinity, right? Affection for somebody or something, right? We love our pets. We also love our children. Is it the same thing? Well, yes and no. I mean, is it just a a difference of degrees or is it a difference of substance? We kind of know it's a little different, right? I mean, I love my kids. I love my, my big bull mastiff. You guys hear about Caleb all the time. Now, I, you know, I, surely I love my children more than I love that dog. Elizabeth loves to slander the bull mastiff, just so you know. She talks bad about him all the time. But I asked her a few minutes ago, you know, when I walked up and, and um, gave her a hug, I whispered in her ear, do you have a lunch appointment today? And she said, yeah, with Caleb, the dog. But it's a real issue sometimes, right? Understanding this concept of love because how do we really articulate the difference that we feel between the love that we have for the family cat on the one hand and the love that we have for grandma? It's different, but how do, how do we explain the difference? It's a problem of language, quite possibly. We don't really have the vocabulary we need in order to adequately express the difference between the love that we have for the family pet and the love that we have for the family. We know it's different, we just don't really know how to totally express it. Well, the New Testament was written in Greek. That language has several different words which are all translated into English using the word love. The word eros in Greek. It's not used in the New Testament. Speaks of love in a sexual context. Physical attraction might be the, one of the most accurate ways to think of eros. It's powerful, but it's temporary. And it often gets mistaken for something deeper and more lasting. The Greek word phileo is one that we are somewhat familiar with. We, know about it, the love, the affinity, the affection between siblings, between friends, brotherly love. You know, we talk about the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. We are so blessed with the technologies that God has given us these days. Being able to share Bible teaching through radio is wonderful. A couple of other great resources are Facebook and Twitter. For most of us, these resources are part of our everyday lives. Maybe as you were listening today, someone in your life came to mind that would be blessed by hearing this message. You can share today's message on your Facebook and Twitter feed to help spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Friends, radio is an expensive endeavor and we want to let you know how you can help partner with us to help Main Thing Radio continue to grow. Here's Tracy. We all know that it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home, but it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is. We need your support to continue to share God's word over the airwaves. 
please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. Log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. On behalf of Pastor Robert and the entire production team here at Main Thing Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. Be sure to join us again on this same station at this same time for another edition of Main Thing Radio. Radio.